Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. I'm super excited to be starting this out, and uh, I have my little camera set up here, and so hopefully we'll be throwing this up on YouTube and putting it out on podcast land, and I'm really excited to share with you all the inaugural inaugural episode of the Spiritual Nomad Show. Uh, and what I'm really excited about this is because this is something that has been in my heart for a long time. Uh, this is something uh, that has been in the works, and I'm really excited because, frankly, this is where I've been. This has been my life. This has been, and that is my daughter, Sophia. Uh, this has been our life. Uh, my wife, Lindsay, and I, we have our daughter, Sophia, our son, Ezra. Uh, we live here in uh, North County, San Diego, uh, San Marcos, and we've been through uh, definitely an experience uh, over the past, especially uh, I don't know, I'd say, well, <laughs> for a few years. Uh, and so I think what's cool about this podcast is we are finally able to just be open and be completely honest and talk with people about where we've been and where they've been and just really get a good feel of, you know, um, where we think things are at culturally, spiritually, um, in the church, different things of that nature. So the Spiritual Nomad uh, podcast came about because I just feel like there needs to be a place, a medium for people to talk about things that need to be talked about, uh, whether that be um, in the church or not. And so the name Spiritual Nomad, I guess we'll start with that. And then I have a few things um, that you can expect from uh, this podcast. That's why we started it. Why? I'm a big Simon Sinek fan, fan, fanatic fan, whatever. Uh, And I love the book Start With Why. And I completely agree. So I'm completely... uh, Shameless plug for that. Start with why. I think that if we're going to start a podcast, you should know why we're starting a podcast. So starting with why is let's start first start out with uh, the name Spiritual Nomad. Why the name Spiritual Nomad? The name Spiritual Nomad is because whenever we moved out here to San Diego, we came from uh, a town called Greenwood on the south side of Indianapolis, Indiana. And when we were moving out, people were saying that oh, everybody in Southern California, they're they're against God and they're not about any of those things and they're not, you know, they're spiritual people, but the spiritual stuff they're into is demonic, you know, and all sorts of stuff that uh, people fed into our minds uh, that was really, I believe, maybe some of their fears projected onto us. Not everyone, but some people. Nonetheless, uh, when we were moving out here, we kind of had this thought of just like, oh, well, the spiritual climate is very low. Like there's not many people that are aware of God and the divine and his presence. And uh, if they are, you know, it's probably something that is super weird and out there. Uh, and what I meant by that really is I'm reflecting back is it's more like, oh, it's not like my tradition. That's what I mean by that. And uh, so we moved out here. And as I began to talk to more people, uh, I began speaking with people and hanging out and talking and getting to know people in the area. And what I think is, is that people aren't necessarily connected to a 501c3 Christian organization. Not necessarily that they're not connected to God or spiritually aware or in tune, uh, even with Jesus. Um, you know, sorry about that. Uh, even with Jesus. But the thing is, is that people were actually and are actually way more connected than what we like to give them credit for, simply because they aren't associated with a group of uh, people um, that meets in a building. That doesn't necessarily mean that people aren't connected. And so as I began to hang out with more people, 
talk with more people, the word that just kept coming back to my mind is just nomad. And, you know, I, nomad, you know, is it's kind of a, a hot word, if you will, but uh, whenever I was younger, I was really, uh, and still kind of am, really intrigued with uh, motorcycle clubs, you know, Hells Angels, Mongols, stuff like that. I thought that stuff was cool. So as a kid growing up, I knew what a nomad was in a club, and the, a nomad was someone who was certainly a part of that club, but they they were outside of a particular area, um, you know, that was under uh, ruling or whatever. So if you were like in the, you know, San Diego chapter and you were a nomad, you would probably be outside of San Diego riding around doing your own thing. Uh, but you still had a place in that family of uh, club. And so I feel like spiritual nomad, whenever I'm saying that, is like there are people that are still part of our club, if you will, <laughs> you know, use that term loosely. They're still a part of this family of faith. Uh, even the Christian Jesus tradition, uh, but even more broad than that, when we're just looking at just the divine God, this existential experience, interacting with humankind, that there are people who are connected to this. They are aware of this. They are aware of this presence, the spirit of God, the breath of life within us. They just may be not part of our section and guild and a part of all the drama and politics that happen. Like what happens in sometimes motorcycle clubs, you know, and so what's interesting is is that as I've seen people more connected, they're actually disconnected in some way. So my goal for this, my hope for this, uh, is that we would see that people who are uh, connected to God be connected to each other. That's really my hope for this. My hope for this podcast is that people uh, could be connected uh, who are connected to God. And so that's really my hope for it. And so just a few things that I've written down that my my why, my hope for this uh, podcast, this first uh, pilot episode is that this was birthed out of uh, a personal discontent. I was personally discontent um, in a lot of ways. I am personally discontent uh, in so many ways. And so you have to understand my family, uh, my dad, he's... He's been in church. He's been a part of uh, the Vineyard Movement. Uh, it's something that burst back in the 70s, uh, really thrived in the 80s, early 90s. He's a part of the Vineyard Movement. So I've been a part of the Vineyard Movement for a long time, my whole life. Uh, I was born in Miami, Florida. My dad started a church there, and uh, I've been a part of Church World for a while. Now, I will say, my dad isn't typical necessarily, um, you know, pastor guy. You know, he's he's a little older now. He's 62. He still rides Harley. He still throws his leg over a dirt bike. And, uh, you know, he's a very active person. Uh, I love my dad. I have the most utmost uh, respect for him. Uh, but, and he was never pushy about church. That's one thing I love about my dad. Uh, you know, that we certainly have many disagreements. Uh, we have a lot of things even that, I would even say, uh, and he'll probably listen to this, but you know, things that I feel that I'm really different from him in, but I don't even choose to share with him about because it's not even worth, you know, the strain on the relationship for it. And so I'll talk more about our relationship later. But my point is, is that the the reason for this podcast birthed out of a discontent is that even though my dad was super cool. He didn't ever force me to go to church. As a matter of fact, I remember our church that uh, my dad was pastoring was uh, booming at this point in time, and there was um, two services, we called them celebrations, two celebrations on Saturday night, and there were three on Sunday morning. And so there were five gatherings 
identical celebrations as we called them every single weekend. And I remember I wanted to go and hang out because I wanted to go hang out with my friends. I wanted to go smoke out back. You know, I wanted to try to get with chicks, you know, all sorts of fun things that, you know, pastor's kids do. And so because of that, um, you know, my dad, uh, you know, he was really focused and consumed with the church and the organization that was, uh, you know, uh, to him, I just wanted to come to church a whole bunch. And he actually put a restraint on myself, my sister, and my mom, that during that time, we could only come to one celebration because he didn't want us to get burned out. Uh, little did he know, I, I think I was already burned out <laughs> as far as the whole church thing goes. I was going through my own thing mentally, and, and he could tell you about that time as well, too. He, he sensed that there was something happening mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually in me. Um, but so even though I wasn't impressed upon for church, I have a very different pastor's kid story than a lot of other people. Uh, I still had this sort of discontent uh, in my own uh, personal faith. And so I went through my teenage years and as I became into adulthood, I, I, uh, my wife and I, when I was about 21, I had this, this entrepreneurial sense within me to start something in the family of faith. And, and the only thing that I could comprehend for that, the only way, the only filter that I had was to start a church, to be a church planter. And so um, what's interesting, though, is even though I've felt this desire and this call for church planting, if you will, I've had a growing discontent with the church at large, with American Christianity, if you will, the mega church movement, um, all of these sort of uh, things that surround the growth and prosperity, if you will, of church in the West. I've had a growing discontent with that, yet I have a growing entrepreneurial sense and ownership over uh, starting something or doing something. So I've had a lot of discontent trying to really figure out what it that means for me. And in the mix of that, as far as the doing, as far as uh, in addition to uh, my spiritual state, my own faith, my own disbelief, my own struggle with uh, the divine and what that really means. And that has been really growing over the past few years of just what it really means to be, um, you know, in faith. What does it mean to have a connectedness to God? And so I've always kind of felt like a square in a circle. And uh, you probably identify uh, with that as well. Uh, and if you do identify as a square in a circle, you will probably be really, really interested in this podcast going forward. As a matter of fact, I will guarantee if you feel any way at all that you feel like an oddball uh, in any sort of faith community, in any sort of church setting, um, but you know that you're connected to God, you know that you have this um, sense within you, this awareness of God, but you don't seem to find a fit anywhere, you're speaking my language and you're feeling exactly what I've been feeling um, for a long time. So with that, you know, church was never impressed on me. I just had this, this, uh, you know, feeling in my heart to start something. The only way I knew to do that was through church. But yet at the same time, I'm frustrated with church. I'm irritated with some things. And that's led me into this uh, season, I guess you could say, of um, more of a deconstruction of my own personal faith. An honest look 
of you know where I'm at with spirituality an honest look at even you know staples of the Christian faith like the Bible who is Jesus is hell really a thing you know a lot of these things that surround that do people who not profess Jesus still loved by a creator God and still have the possibility for eternal life even though this name Yeshua Jesus is not associated with it so it's led me into this really kind of unique thing of I've been trying to start something as far as church goes, but yet I've had a lot of internal struggles. And so earlier this year, actually a few months ago, not earlier this year, uh, but literally at the end of 2016, um, we decided to uh, not go forward with starting um, what is, you know, in the Western world called church. And we decided, my wife and I, just to take a break, look at ourselves honestly, and evaluate what we want to do and what we believe is right. And so uh, this personal discontent is a reason that we started this podcast is, you know, I'm struggling uh, with a lot of things uh, and I have a lot of questions and I feel like a square in a circle whenever it comes to, um, you know, church or Christianity or even spirituality. And so my hope in this personal discontent is to uh, just really record some of the conversations that I've been having with some awesome people. You know, I, I really feel strongly that we are supposed to live in San Diego. I really feel strongly that the divine is doing something unique and different in Southern California and that it's going to actually uh, change uh, the a lot of the, the, uh, the forefronts of what we see of faith and that is going to actually affect the rest of the states and, and turn the world. And so I believe that um, I'm here for a purpose and a reason and I've been connected with a lot of different cool people uh, over the time that I've lived here. And so my excitement is to bring those people into podcast land, into YouTube land, and allow uh, the forward movement of these struggles, of these triumphs, of these ways of doing things different and innovative and with passion, and um, that people would be more connected uh, through the work of these conversations and with these people. So personal discontent, uh, which leads to, I believe that there's a cultural shift. And the cultural shift has to do a lot with away from institution, away from organization. I find that myself, as well as many of my peers, finding more and more distrust in the church finding more distrust in people that claim to know it all, the people that say there's five ways to do X, Y, Z, that this is how we believe on this topic, this is what we think about that topic, and I find more and more people, myself at the forefront, steering away from this, not towards it. And I think this has to do, I'm a millennial, and I think it has to do with who we are as millennials. We've been marketed to our whole life. We spent our life growing up watching you know, Nickelodeon, and on every single commercial, there was something that we needed and uh, that was going to fulfill us. And you know, church ultimately comes with that message. Everybody's got a hole in their heart that only Jesus can fill. And you know, whether that's right or wrong, I'm not really here to, to draw absolutes. What I'm here to say is that there's just something about that that doesn't fulfill. So... The fact is we can either say that maybe that person's wrong or whatever or that, you know, we, we have a hundred different things that we can say for it, but and I can't honestly put my thumb on it, but the only thing I can say is 
I am hell-bent along with my culture to find out what is truly sustaining. And I do believe what sustains is the, the God of the universe that is in us and through us and to our communities and our cities and our nation and all those things. But I think the way that we go about that and the way that we draw conclusion and the way we do life together... Um, when we boil it down to simples, when we boil it down to absolute um, of, you know, there is no room for things, I believe our culture, my millennial generation, doesn't really jive with that. If that is you, you are in the right place. And so what's interesting is that that actually leads either towards offense or defense. Track with me now. It either leads towards offense or defense. And in my case, it's led more towards an offense. My distrust from institution and, uh, you know, simple answers and all of these things has led me towards the offense to say, you know what? I don't know about these dudes or whatever, but I do know that there is this divine um, overarching presence uh, of God and I want to press into that. And so I'm curious to explore more of it. And it's led me to new avenues, to new places, to new people, to new things of trying to explore and trying to seek God. I was listening to a Richard Rohr homily. Uh, he's a great guy, Richard Rohr. Um, you should check him out if you have a chance. But he has these 10-minute homilies. They're great. And I was just listening to one last night. And you know he was talking uh, just more about if you're not actively seeking God, you're not going to find God. And so I think this distrust either leads us to offensively run forward with the ball and say, I am determined to find God. I am determined to find um, this sense within me, this spiritual um, knowingness, is that a word, uh, within myself of this greater divine being. Uh, it can lead us towards that, and it can lead us to go to areas that we once thought were wrong or demonic or evil, but actually we find much beauty in those places. For instance, I love Rob Bell. At one point in time, I thought Rob Bell was a false teacher and he was evil and all that. Why did I believe that? Because the culture that I was in told me that I should think that about him. That is so wrong. I actually love that guy and I would love to meet with him at some point in time. Such a killer dude. Anyway, it leads us towards offense, going to those people, going to those places in our hearts and our minds, um, even speaking to and reading books maybe that that are um, you know once quote risque, uh, it, or it leads us to the opposite of defense. See, our distrust can either lead us towards offense or defense, and the defense part of this of the cultural shift is um, culture seems to say. I'm either going to offensively look into those places, as I just spoke about, or I'm going to defend what it is. I'm going to defend this, you know, mega church. I'm going to defend the Nicene Creed. I'm going to defend all of these things. And we just get more and more hard and tough. And we grip more, more hard. And we see our knuckles turning white. And we say, I'm not going to let this go. And you start deeming everyone as false teachers and false prophets. And if it's not this tradition, it's no tradition. And we become defensive, and unfortunately, that brings us to polarization. And the edge, the sharpness of polarization in 2016, 17, and going forward is getting more and more sharp. The disagreements more and more um, 
evil, actually. Uh, and so what actually I see happening is this cultural shift. And so what I want to do is I want us to press into the offense. So why this podcast? My personal discontent. Secondly, my uh, awareness of this cultural shift and to press into the offense, not the defense to explore new ways. As Jesus said that there is a time where we need new wine and new wineskins, because if you try to put new wine in old wineskins, they bust. And I believe there is a new way. There is a an exciting adventure waiting at our fingertips and just waiting for our feet to step out that front door to embrace the offense of people coming together with this divine impulse that's within each and every one of us. Thirdly, to encourage vulnerability and awareness. To encourage vulnerability and awareness. And these are topics that need to be explored. To be able to be vulnerable to say, there is these thing, there are these things in my heart, there's these uh, thought processes in my mind, and I might be fearful to talk about them because they're not been accepted in my circles. I'm I'm curious about whatever it might be. Uh, you know, I have uh, struggles with, I'm trying to think more about, whatever it might be, this embracing of vulnerability to say, it's okay to think and talk about these things. It's okay to create a place to where, as a matter of fact, if you're vulnerable, that'll bring awareness and other people will have a reality of, oh, wow, they can talk about that. I've actually had some thoughts about that. Their thoughts have actually perked some uh some some strategic thinking in my mind about that as well and we create awareness around things that were once not accepted that now can be accepted and i think that the technology age is going to give us the ability to do that this digital age we live in the fact that i can record this podcast in my bedroom right now and send it out to the world is a actually testament of that See, the last time that we have had the ability to be vulnerable and to bring awareness at a mass rate to many people, the last time we've been able to do that was the printing press. And see, the printing press allowed us to be able to get information out fast to many people. That's what it allowed us to do. And in the same way, there has not been a technological advancement since the printing press until now, the internet. And so the thing is, Things changed rapidly around the printing press. People were able to have uh, copies of books, the Bible, all sorts of things, writings, letters. They were able to have these things, and so information spread quickly, and so other things began to sprout up very quickly. That's where we even started the Protestant Reformation, all sorts of things like that. And so I believe there is a new Reformation. There is a brand new way of doing things, thank you, internet. And so in this brand new way of doing things, ways that we've never seen done before, I believe that even what I'm doing right now is a part of that. That podcast isn't necessarily a new thing. It's a, it's a you know, few years old since it's been popular. I even question starting one because I'm like, I feel like everybody's doing one. But I believe that it's that vulnerability and that awareness of information that is going to actually change the tide of our American culture and it starts with me and it starts with you and it starts with us exploring the depths of our heart, the door, exploring the depths of our mind, of our spirituality, of our culture, 
of actually being inspired to action. That's actually the last why that I want to bring about is to inspire us to action. And even on that thought of vulnerability and awareness, I just want everyone to know that you're not alone. See, I felt kind of alone in all of this. I felt like there wasn't always place for me to speak about this or talk about this, but I believe that this is going to be the forerunner. This is going to be the place and the platform to be able to bring more awareness and vulnerability and to know that we are not alone and take an honest look at our mind, at our heart, at God, and the freedom to explore without the repercussion of what has been in the past because now we have technology, now we have information, now we can actually pro, uh, we can project our own questions and doubts and thoughts out there and people can say I am with you and I agree with you and that inspires each and every one of us to action because ultimately our goal is not to only deconstruct and I do a lot of deconstructing and that frustrates a lot of people and that frustrates people who have the need um, to have absolute and the need to have assurance that they're not outside of you know orthodoxy all the time and the thing is deconstruction is an awesome thing because here's the thing if you have a building that is old and decrepit and that you're still trying to live in but you're like you know what i can't really get running water very good in this place i can't really very good i can't really get electricity very well in here you know the the wi-fi is horrible all of these things you can either a begin to remodel that house or you can be destroy the house and begin to build new and so what i would say is is that both are okay and i think that there's an element of both that can be had and so wherever you're at it might be different for you for some of you it might be bringing remodel to the house that is already there spiritually emotionally mentally speaking it might be tearing down completely and building new and I'll have to say, I have some of both of these in my life. There are some areas of my life that I feel like, you know, has been able to just put some new drywall up, throw some new paint up, and it's been able to become a new vibrant thing. And there are some areas that just need bulldozed down. And so I believe through this podcast that we're going to be able to experience a little bit of both of those things. I'm going to be having some friends on here. It's going to be really exciting. I believe that I live in Southern California for a reason because there's something happening here and I'm going to be able to drive to these people, to these places, to be able to have conversation uh, live, one-on-one, -on -one, sitting there with nothing but the microphone in between us and record and send this out to the world. So I'm really excited about that and I believe that's what will inspire us to action, to actually remodel, to actually deconstruct, to actually reconstruct what it means to be fully alive, because that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about being fully alive. We're talking about being fully present. To be fully present is to be fully connected to ourselves, to each other, to the divine that has made us, to experience the creation that is around us. And so I'm super excited for this. I'm super excited for conversation that has meaning, not just empty words, but not just this thing that we talk about and we say, okay, cool, good talk, but actually 
impacts our daily lives. Because see, nothing happens uh, without action. And so we can have a lot of conversation. Conversation is the beginning of it. If we don't have the conversation, we don't have the foundation to build that house. We don't have the foundation to remodel. We don't have anything. So conversation is the foundation to live life differently. It's the paradigm shift. It's the perspective change. And so I want to get out of our own way of perspective to be able to move towards a greater tomorrow in the most cliche way that we would actually have a better world tomorrow than today and that today would be better than yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So I want to see partnerships evolve from this. I want to see people more connected in business uh, that actually impacts this world for the better as the divine created us to be in this world as Jesus was incarnate in this world, that we can have partnerships and that we can actually be these people uh, who create lives that impact this world for the greater. Uh, so I want to create partnerships uh, with people. I want to do interviews with people. I want to bring people on here that are going to really perk um, our interest and our mind and our thoughts and philosophy that are going to really inspire us because uh, I don't have all the answers. Uh, in the words of Tony Robbins, I am not your guru. I want to explore this journey together uh, because there are people out there that are really smart, that have some things to say. I have a few things to say, but there are people out there that I'm more, that I happen to be friends with, and I want to get this stuff out there. I also want this to this podcast to lead to projects. I don't know what that might mean. That might mean projects here in the United States. That might mean projects overseas. I want to partner and connect with people on what they are doing to actually see people live a better life. Jesus was about social justice. Uh, if you are a, a Christian by any definition and you are not about social justice, I would say that you do not follow Jesus. Uh, so anyway, and that's my tradition is the Jesus tradition. And, and so if we actually come together around these projects to see people grow and progress. Uh, I'm excited to see what that would be like. You know, my friend Alan, uh, he'll be on the show. Uh, I know he will. <laughs> and um, he has this uh, this little nonprofit that he's starting. Um, he, he started a, uh, a wine company with his brother, uh, the California Fruit Wine Company, uh, and they are starting this other entity within it. And it's simply about bringing um, businesses into existence that uh, are um, created, businesses that are created and, and actually work toward and strive uh, towards better uh, communities, better cities, um, people being more uh, engaged and alive and, and all of these things. I'll have him on, he can give a better uh, thing. But that's an example of a, a project to do together, uh, partnerships to be had, interviews, people like that being brought on the show. And ultimately, I think it'd be cool to have some gatherings, uh, whether that be online or whatever uh, here in San Diego. Um, it would be really cool to eventually down the road as we get some podcasts under our belt to have some sort of uh, gathering together where we can have um, some conversation and it would be super cool. So we just want to connect people uh, who are connected to God, and that is our uh, drive. That is our why. So the why for this podcast is really, it was birthed out of my personal discontent. There's a cultural shift happening, I think, away from institution and more towards uh, organic, and that uh, because of that innovation of the internet, we can do that in new ways via podcast, YouTube show, whatever. 
that we can encourage our vulnerability uh, and bring awareness to things uh, in our own life and that we can inspire action to actually see uh, things done differently because uh, things have got to change. It's a polarized world. It's uh, a crazy world we live in. I don't know where you stand on the elections for 2016, but we need more people to get serious about who they are, what they were created to do, who they were created by, and how we can truly uh, team together to explore our own selves. And not only to explore our own selves, but to actually explore each other um, to be able to make greater impact. So I hope that you would join us for the Spiritual Nomad podcast each and every week. I'm really excited uh, to begin to do this. Uh, So please, if you will, subscribe. Uh, We're on SoundCloud as well as iTunes. Um, Get in touch with me. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, whatever uh, you may call uh, social media home for you. I'm sure I am already there. So uh, just at Luke underscore Bricker. Put that in the show notes as well. Connect with me. I'm excited to learn more about you. You learn more about me. And uh, we do this thing together of spirituality as we explore and learn and grow uh, and evolve. Thank you all. We will see you soon.